Sorry, we're on class four, which is going to be step three of the four steps to a complete karmic path, which uh, we're intending to learn to use so that we can create the behavior, we can do the behavior through which we can create the mental seeds that will ripen as the health improvement that we uh, we wish to achieve. Okay. And so we started out explaining, we'll call it the pen thing, right? That you've all heard a bazillion times and it's worth hearing a bazillion more, but I'm not going to do it right now, right? You're going to run your mind through it just by looking at it, right? The, you know, for those who are in the know, really all we have to say is if we put this here and everybody, people, dogs, bugs, all leave the room, then what, what is it then? Alright. It, it doesn't disappear, but what it is disappears. It becomes any possible thing. Yeah, so that concept is is really beyond words. There's no word that will fully convey that concept that you just held in your mind of what's there when nobody's laying on their label. Yeah, is is what's uh, critical. To this whole process that I'm trying to lay out, right, is to understand that whether or not we are perceiving ourselves as having some kind of health problem, whatever it is, is a label we're laying on information. You know, even the information is labels we're laying on other information, etc. But for right now, it's we're laying labels on information. We're not doing it intentionally. We're not doing it by wishing it because who would wish ill health on ourselves? Right? We're, we're forced by the ripening of these seeds. But that means if, if we can have different seeds ripening, we'll be forced to see our health as different. Right? And that's true for our own health, and it's true for the health of those we see around us. Okay? So we remember that the way mental seeds are put in there is by way of what we see ourselves thinking, doing, and saying towards other beings. Technically, towards anything that we perceive as other, which is kind of a clue to how we stop the cycle. But uh, So the moment we see ourselves handing a pen to someone, our mind registers a mental seed, through which someday in the future we will see someone handing a pen to us or something similar, right, depending on the situation. So I just want to review that we're, we're working with mental seeds and I don't want to lose that. 
framework. So then we learned about the four laws about mental seeds, how when they, their ripening is definite, meaning a, a thing that we see ourselves thinking, doing, or saying that's kind towards someone else, by definition, or will definitely ripen as something pleasant coming back to us. And something that we see ourselves thinking, doing, or saying that is unkind to someone else will definitely come back to us as something unpleasant. And there's many, many ramifications of that. Then uh, seeds grow. So we put one seed in by seeing ourselves hand a pen to someone when they've asked for a pen, and that seed grows over time. In the time it takes before it ripens back out, it's grown bigger. So little, little deeds left in there a long time become big results. Right? Both little unkindnesses become big unpleasantnesses, and little kindnesses become big pleasantnesses. Right? So we want to use these for our benefit, right? And we want to understand the negative side to help us stop doing the old behaviors. So then the third one is that a seed, a deed not done, can't have a result. So there's never a time when we can blame something on somebody else. Okay? If anything that comes to us is coming from our own mind seed. And we, so we can't say, oh, maybe I caused a car accident and that's why I've just been in one. It's like, yeah. And you can't also say, well, it's their fault that I don't have, I didn't get that new job. Right? Because if we are not getting something, it's because our seeds aren't ripening yet. doesn't necessarily mean we don't have the seeds, although that's how the scripture says. But they're just not ripening yet. And so if something is not happening that you want to happen, we need to make the seeds for it to happen and stir it up the seeds we already have. Right? That's what we're working on. And then the last one is uh, a deed done must give a result, but not the result. Um, which means that we can find those seeds inside that we don't want to ripen. Yeah. And come back. Everything we think, say, indeed, do towards another is going to come back to us in the future, good and bad. Um, but we can we can influence those. Yeah. So the four the four laws for flowers were how those ripening. I'm not going to go through them again. The four steps are these four mm, parts of any deed that when they are all complete make that karmic seed a complete path which means that it's a stronger seed it will ripen more clearly um, possibly more quickly uh, but more more in a sense of you can recognize that this result probably came from that cause. And, and ha- starting to have that experience drives our ability to live by that. Right? Until we start having that actual experience, we're still operating from the level of belief. And it, and it just doesn't hold, it won't get us through when the times get really tough. Right? We'll slip back. So 
when we know how to apply these four steps well to anything, we're doing it for healing, but when we do it for anything, we'll start to see that in fact, that moment between uh, automatic reaction to something and wisdom reaction to something is that moment in which we claim our power, if you will, over how we create our future. Right. And then that will get stronger and stronger the more we do it and the more we see the results of it. So these four steps, we've done them before, is first of all the, the proper identification of what it is you're doing technically. So for us it was properly identifying what health-related issue we want to work with. Right? and getting it really clear in our mind what what do we feel is uncomfortable or that we don't like and what how, how would we like it to be manifesting and then we made that I want statement then the second step was we make this plan because we now know that in order to get that result to happen we need to plant the seeds or find the seeds that are already planted in there we'll talk about that too um, for that result to happen. So our planning stage was when we were thinking about, well, what kinds of deeds would I need to help someone else do in order for them to have the experience of their own health getting better? Similar to the way I want my health to get better. Right? What can I do? And to whom can I do it? And so we talked about all these different, like, conventional ways that they tell us this is what promotes good health. And so the idea there was that when we find someone who has some similar health issue as ourselves, we, we have this list. You know, and they probably know them too, but you can go through them together and you know, say which one of these might help us with our problem. Yeah. But fully understanding that those conventional methods of health improvement don't always work because they've been driven by the wrong motivation. Right? They've been driven by I'm going to eat right for my health to improve. Right? Or I'm going to exercise for my needs to get better. Right? And there's nothing wrong with that except that it doesn't work. You know, So everything's wrong with it in that sense. We're doing what they tell us to do but it's not the cause of the result we want to get. So that no, no reason, no wonder it doesn't always work. If it works, it's because we have the seeds for having helped someone else do that, ex that exercise to help their needs, for instance, right? Making it really, really oversimplified. Um, then exercising helps our needs. But it wasn't the exercising. It was the ripening seeds from having helped someone before. Do you see? Is it getting more clear? I know it's like you've heard it over and over and you're probably saying, come on, get on with it. So it's, a, it's only a supporting factor. It's here. a supporting factor. The seeds should all exist for if the supporting factor has to be. Right, 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 right. So, you know, it's like, so why take medicine at all? It would, it's the natural question to that. Well, because if, the, if you have the seeds to ripen, then the medicine works. Technically, if you have the seeds to ripen, so would a chocolate chip cookie, right? But it takes a while before we have that kind of ability, right? 
to call forth the seeds we need, put them into cookie, eat the cookie, and have our migraine go away. Right? I, I venture to say it could work, right? You don't need to take the medicine. But you might need to take something because you need something you know, to like land those seeds on. I don't know. It's, it, it gets more and more subtle the better we get at it. And I haven't gotten that good at it yet to be able to just pick out of the air uh, to get my migraines to go away. You know, it still takes something. I have to load something and then take it and then voila, you know, an hour later. So, uh, but it could. So the, the proper identification, the making the plan conventionally, and then we thought of all these alternative methods that have been promoted, you know, probably in the last 20, 30 years or gaining popularity. And so we think that, oh, those must work better. Like Chinese medicine must work better because it deals with balancing, you know, Ayurvedic medicine and herbalism and foods, uh, you know, herbs and spices must work better because they balance those doshas. But we're in the same boat there, right? If they work, it's because they're the supporting factor from our seeds ripening. And if they don't, that it's because our seeds aren't ripening. Because if they had the ability to heal from their own side, everybody who used them would get better, and they don't. And, you know, it's like the argument is so simple we miss it. Um, the point being, they are equally valid and equally useful, and equally not the, not the a seed in the immediate moment, right? But helping someone else use those alternative methods for them to get better, then those alternative methods become seeds for us to get better. And that's how to help someone else use alternative methods or regular methods to get better plants the seeds for those methods to help us get better you know after this bit of time delay you see so it the difference is between i'm going to go get acupuncture for my headaches the difference would be ah i'm considering using acupuncture for my headaches who can I find that has headaches that that I can encourage, maybe even take them to an acupuncturist, you know, maybe even like bite the bullet and pay for theirs to plant the seeds for mine to work, right? It sounds really selfish, but hang on for a minute. If I encourage someone else, help someone else get use acupuncture for their management of whatever their need, understanding this thing about seeds understanding that I'm trying to prove it to myself that it works. And then, you know, maybe that one person isn't going to be enough. I'd have to encourage somebody else or, or, you know, encourage someone else to go for a massage or someone else to do something else. And then, when I'm ready, it's like, okay, now I'm ready to make my appointment with my acupuncturist. You know, and I'm going to go, and I'm going to rejoice like heck that I helped other people try these other methods for their care. Whether they work for them or not doesn't matter. I'm calling on my seeds, I'm happy I did that, and let's see how it works. Yeah. So, 
that increases the likelihood that we will ripen the seeds for that acupuncture to actually work for us. Still doesn't guarantee it, but we'll be getting closer to the place where we can uh, gain such confidence in this system that you'll be constantly looking for ways in which you can enhance life or help people with their uh, health, health care issues. Because you know that it's very likely in the future there'll be a way in which we're ill and that we need help and we'll need, need to have seeds to call upon. Right? So even if we're not sick now, we'll like, oh, I know I'm going to need these in the future. So let me see how I can help people. That's where that other list, the third list of what kind of life-enhancing things can we do comes in. Because we don't need to be sick and we don't need to have a health help buddy to do those things. We can be doing those things all day long. Planting the seeds for our own life enhancement by enhancing the lives of others. And that's the only way we can plant seeds for our own life enhancement. You see? So why wouldn't we want to be doing that all the time? Okay, so our planning. So I had the occasion, I was listening to one of Geshe Michael's teachings, um, the Angel Devil Talks, which are really, really fun. And all of a sudden he's talking about this very thing. He's talking about, you know, aspirin and why it works sometimes and not other times. And he's going through these four steps again. It's like, thank you very much. You know, I needed to hear that. And one of the things that he reiterated that I didn't share with you last week, which is that in this planting stage, we're planting the seeds that we want even as we're making our plan, as we're thinking about how we're going to help that person and you know what kinds of things we'll talk about and what kinds of things we'll uh, encourage them to do and how we might decide to meet and you know walk once a week at lunchtime and all these different ways that fantasizing about it is planting those seeds, right? Not as strongly as the doing of it, but we're limited in the time that we can spend in the doing of it. We're going to have one opportunity maybe a couple of times a month. Whereas our planning, we can do as much as we want. So we can make not quite so powerful seeds, but lots of them, which is just as useful, right? As as one big whopper seed, you know, lots of little not-so-whoppers add up because they're all multiplying, right? They're all growing. So he suggested that as we develop our plan, we think about it a little bit, you know, especially once a day, and like evolve it into a, this big fantasy. Having a good time creating this whole idea about how you're going to help people. You know, it's like way beyond what we'll actually be able to do, but the seeds, the seeds are in there for this big effect. And so, we can say, oh, you know, I'm gonna, I want the energy and vitality that I need. I'm gonna go to the chronic fatigue support group twice a month, and you can just leave it at that. Or you can say, I'm gonna go to this chronic fatigue support group, and man, when I'm there, you know, I'm gonna connect with everyone and see if I can make everybody laugh, and you know, just 
even if it doesn't happen that way, the fantasy of it is planting these powerful seeds in our mind. So you can enjoy it, you can revisit it, you can shift it and change it, but don't go off your I want statement. You know, make sure that it's all related to that result that you want. But have fun with it. Yeah? Okay. Mm. Okay, so then our next step is doing the deed. Step three is the intentional action. So there are a few things to know about the intentional action. And, and then I want to, like, as together see if we can figure out how this is going to actually work, right? When you have your person and you're going to sit down with them, what are we going to say? How are they likely to react, right? So I'm hoping that that's where we're going to go. Uh, so the, the thing to keep in mind about these, this thing about seeds that we're talking about is um, when we when we say, okay, I'm going to go to the support group. I want I want better energy, so I'm going to go to this support group because I'm going to see myself trying to help other people with their energy so that my energy can improve. It's like something feels a little off about that. It sounds like I'm using everybody else for my own benefit. And, you know, keeping the thing in seeds in mind takes that off a little bit, but if we leave our intention there, it it, it won't, I don't know, it won't bring us the kind of result that we're looking for in the time frame that we're looking for. Because there's this part of our mind that's saying, that's the very kind of attitude I've been struggling to overcome. Um, so there's a difference between saying, I'm going to finally go to that chronic fatigue support group because my doctor said so and now I'll just go, right? So, so it'll help me, right? That would be our old motivation for going. So then there's a difference between that and saying, no, okay, now I understand about mental seeds, so now I'm going to go to that support group so I can see myself trying to help other people so I can get better. So it's a, it, it takes a little wedge out of the selfishness because at least I'm going to try and help somebody else. And that makes a huge difference in what our video recorder is recording. Okay, is that, is that getting clear? Um, so when we're dealing with these karmic seeds, there's this thing about numbers. And this is way, way oversimplified. But so that we can understand the principle when we see ourselves, you know, thinking, saying, doing, a deed towards an, one other person motivated solely for our own benefit, which I think really almost never happens for most of us, but just presume, right, that I go and I do something for someone, but solely so that I get something for me. The seed that's planted is like a single seed that I'm hoping for my own benefit that may or may not come back that way to me. If you see yourself doing the same deed to 10 people with this same so I can get my result that I want, 
you've planted 10 seeds, or you could say one seed 10 times the strength, but still with this sense of, so I can get what I want. So, like, then what if, okay, so you multiply that by 100 by a billion, right? The seeds get bigger by the number of beings we see ourselves trying to help. But then think, what if, as I'm doing my deed towards either one or many, I'm thinking to myself, the real reason I'm doing this is so that uh, eventually I can help these people know how they can get well. so that eventually I can have the capability to help everybody get well, right? So me is included in everybody. So you don't even necessarily have to be saying, oh, I'm going to go to this support group so that I can see other people get better, so that I can get better. I'm going to go to this support group so that I can make the seeds to be able to be the one that can help everybody reach ultimate happiness, right? Um, what's the video recorder seeing now? The seeds are like almost too vast because you can't, you can't really define the number of people. Yeah, this is the two intentions. The first is I'm working with mental seeds to prove it to myself so I can get better. The second intention is, no, really, I'm doing it because when I prove it to myself, I'm going to share it with everybody. Geshe called it, I'm going to start a revolution. Right? I'm going to start a behavior revolution in, in health and healing. Because when I know how to do this, then I can teach other people how to do it. And then they'll do it, hopefully. Maybe one out of ten or two out of a hundred will actually do it, but then they'll share it with others too because it's so dramatic. You know, you won't even have to tell them to share it. The people in their world will ask them about it and will drag it out of them. And then they share it and then they share it and then they share it and pretty soon you've got a whole world full of people who know how to stay well, right? Or to get well when whatever happens that they're not well, you see? So it's like the seeds go from these little tit for tat to a, oh no, now I'm trying to make the ones that I know I want to I, I want ones that are beyond count because then I can help everybody and I'm included in everybody. You see, so it's like now it becomes now I'm going to this chronic fatigue group so that I can see myself helping people but so that I can get better so that I can prove to myself that this works so that I can share it with other people so that everybody can know how to get better and that's just too much to say you know and so how do we boil that down to hold these two intentions in our mind you know if we're trained in the Buddhist path of Mahayana that is bodhicitta you know and so if you've gotten to the point where when you think or say bodhicitta that's what happens in your heart 
then all you have to say is, I'm going to this support group in order to bodhicitta. But until that means that, for you we need some English equivalent. And uh, you, you can work with it so that you come up with a couple of words that are meaningful for you. Um, I, I like, you know, so that I can someday be able to bring everyone to their ultimate goal, you know, or to ultimate happiness or ultimate health, or so that I can someday, you know, know what everybody needs or be what everybody needs, technically is what I say. So we can, once we take the long version and you've got it in mind what you're really trying to say and uh, it makes sense, then boil it down to something that you can use. Right? And so those are the two hot, two intentions. Yes, I'm doing it so my own self can get better, but I'm, I want to get better so that I can prove the system so that I can share it with everybody so that I can start this healing revolution. Right? If you like that word, if not, find another. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So if we leave it at just the one intention, working with mental seeds so that I can get better, it will still work. But it will work and you'll find yourself surrounded by people who are selfishly using it too. And that's not what we want. So we add that second intention, right? The Buddha to it and that creates the seeds in this vastly different deeper, stronger way and it adds the power to those seeds that uh, allows them to take precedence over the seeds that are in line to ripen it allows us to plant seeds and instead of you know getting into the back of the line, if that's what they do, I'm not so sure, they like get shunted to the front. You know, it's like the airplanes are on the runway, and there's some special airplane that comes along. You know, I don't know, the president's airplane, and it's like everybody on hold. This one gets to go to the front. Right? These will these will come to the come to the fore. The more we do our deeds with bodhicitta. Mm, right. So we would want to train our minds in being able to hold this high intention. <clears throat> you know, we're talking about just these few moments of time when we go to our health help buddy and we're talking to them. Right? We we start into the chronic fatigue support group and I stop and call up my two intentions and then I go in there and while I'm in there somewhere along the line I want to call up my two intentions again because I'll forget right? during the interactions and then again maybe towards the end I want to remember oh the real reason I was here was because of and then after the fact you start into rejoicing we'll talk about next week but so how do we remind ourselves we get onto this automatic, automatic pilot and then it's like Three hours later, it's like, oh, I was supposed to be thinking bodhicitta when I did that. Or when we're, we've, we've called the person up and can we meet at Starbucks? Yeah, yeah, I'll see you in 10 minutes. You know, and you're sitting there yakking about whatever your health problems are. Can we hold bodhicitta in mind while we're doing that? We, you know, we need to train our minds. And so I have some suggestions for, you know, the, 
one I've used is those post-it notes, you know, you, you write your statement on the post-it note and you put it all over the place and you read it instead of just looking at it, you actually read it, you know, read it every time you go into the bathroom, read it every time you pick up your phone, read it every time you get in your car, Re- read it so that we're, we're reminding ourselves to think of it. You know, there's the usual tie string around your finger. I, for a while, I painted one fingernail, you know, a bright color because it would like catch my eye that it's just one was painted, you know, or I'd put a design on or something just to catch my eye and then it's like, oh, okay, I'm supposed to remember what it should have when I did that, you know, and then, and then that gets ordinary and you got to find something else, but I don't know if anybody's had experience in trying to change a habit and they found something that worked, you know, please share it with us. Some way to jolt your mind into remembering this, you know, particularly when you're there doing your health help deed. But if we can train our minds to remember it then, well then let's train our minds to remember it in other times too, because it's it's what will change everything that we do, right, into wisdom seeds, like the three spheres, right? It's a it, having bodhicitta in mind is sort of the equivalent. Mm-hmm. A little different words. Okay. So when we are holding this bodhicitta in mind, I've been using all my examples as verbal, right? Because I'm a verbal person, not visual. But if you happen to be an imagerier, right, you can hold your bodhicitta in mind with a, with a visual image as well. And so as part of your planning stage, you could make uh, this mental picture of what your bodhicitta looks like. And you can hold that in mind and it will work as well, maybe stronger than the verbals. And so my example for the chronic fatigue support group uh, example would be that your planning stage and going there, you would imagine, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to imagine bringing with me everybody I know who's got energy problems. And then while you're there, you're imagining that they're all there with you. And that part of this fantasy is, well, then after that support group, they all go out and they start support groups and they get everybody that they know who's tired to come to a chronic, you know, or a tired support group. So they all have chronic fatigue. To come to a support group and then those people create their own support groups and pretty soon everybody is doing things to help other people's fatigue problem even though they don't know about seeds necessarily yet, but everybody's doing the stuff necessary so that whatever treatment they get for their fatigue works. And so you get this image of just this chain reaction, right, of of helping people do the things that they need to do towards someone else so that they plant the seeds for their health to get better, and then it does, right? it's just your mental image. So somehow you get a picture of that and you hold that picture in mind while you're there at your chronic fatigue support group or whatever you're doing with whoever you're doing it with. Do you see? So whatever is going to work better for you, you can do it. You could probably do it with music too. You know, if you're able to get this sense of everybody understanding, you know, and everybody doing this different behavior right, to create this revolution in uh, behavior change. There's a 
a book I read years ago called The Hundredth Monkey. You guys know that one? It was from, I think, the 70s, maybe, the 80s. I think it was Ken Keyes Jr. that wrote it, but if I have it right, you know, I haven't reread it since I have been using this example. The, the basis was a study, sociological study done on the monkeys in the islands around Japan. To, to, I don't know what they were looking for, but what they found was that this particular monkey troop on one island, the mother monkey suddenly started washing her potatoes before she ate them. So then, of course, her children started washing potatoes before they ate them. And then the other monkeys on that island started washing potatoes. And then what surprised everybody so much was that at some point, the monkeys on islands that had no contact with these monkeys were also washing their potatoes. And so they generated the theory from that that there was some, like, certain number of monkeys washing potatoes that was enough to influence this over-consciousness, over-monkey consciousness of that particular species that then filtered down into them all. Collective consciousness, right? So there, there was an argument for a collective consciousness. And so they, uh, I think in his, he, his book he's then making an argument for human collective consciousness. And I don't know if that's true or not, but the idea of at some point there's just one more that needs to take on this new behavior and then it becomes ordinary behavior for everybody. And if you think karmic seed-wise for any given individual, it's like I only need a certain number of seeds in my own heart to where now I'm seeing everyone behave in that same way. Do you see? So I don't know that it has to be a collective consciousness so much as how many seeds does it take for me to now have seeds for everybody in my world to behave the same way. So regardless, it's like at some point there's one more of us that can take this on that will influence everybody and then it doesn't have to be, oh, this one has to now, you know, spend the years changing their behavior. It just, like, poof, you know. So I don't know if it'll work like that or not. But it's an interesting thought. You know, what if I'm the hundredth monkey? I mean, just what if it's true? It's like, then, doggone it, I want to do it, you know. If, it, if it's not true, I haven't lost anything. But if it is true... Hallelujah, pass the peace. You know, we all feel better. And that's what we want, really. Yeah? So, for me, keeping that in mind really helped when, when doubts came up and, you know, when I didn't think I was making progress and etc. It's like, oh, what if I'm the hundredth monkey? People are depending. It didn't, it didn't put pressure on it. It just like said, oh no, let's go for it. Let's try some more. Okay. Okay. So, so what I wanted to do with the rest of this evening is, um, like, figure, pretend, pretend how it's going to be when we make contact with that person who's going to be our health help buddy, right? And 
It's like, to me, that, that would make me nervous to go and do that for the first time. Right? I got to do it the first time with a bunch of people who knew about this. You know, so it's like, you, you tried to be, you tried to do it like on your own and they would immediately go, oh, I know, you're using me as a, you know, a mm-hmm. karmic buddy. And it's like, yeah, I am, okay. You know, so we were all doing it together and it was really fun and we saw results and so forth. But if we're out there in the world of people who don't understand about seeds, it, it feels, it's a little bit um, intimidating. Right? To try on for size this new behavior in a world where people might just think you're nuts. Right? And so you're not going to say to them on this first visit, you know, I understand this thing about the pen and I'm going to work with my mental seeds and would you help me do that by being my, you know, health help buddy. They'll go, no, I won't. You know, you go experiment on somebody else. Thank you very much. But, but, but that is what you're going to be doing, right? You're, you're going to sincerely want to help them. I'm not saying you're uh, being you're untruthful. So choose somebody that you do sincerely want to help. Don't choose somebody who you don't particularly care for the first time around. Right? Choose somebody you like and you see that they're having trouble and they're having trouble in a similar way as you are, and you think, wow, this seems to be a pretty good person that maybe, you know, I can help them and they can help me. And then make your plan okay, of what, what, how you might approach them and what you might say to them, and then meet with them. Right? And how might it go? You'd find someone who's unhappy, right? You, you do these little things to lots of people, but then you like watch and pay attention, and you'll find somebody who's like particularly unhappy, and uh, that's the person you sort of target. Right? Now you you might want to target them first with just these little kindnesses. You don't actually go and talk to them about it, right? That you just hmm, praise them in some way, right? Or Ah, you bring them flowers. People are very startled when you bring them flowers for no reason. You know, what do you want out of me? Will probably be the thing. You know, nothing. I just thought you might like these. You know, or, or you know, somehow in conversation, what kind of coffee do you like, or something? And you know, three weeks later, you show up with their favorite coffee. Not the next day, or you kind of give yourself away. But you know. So you pay a little attention to someone who's like chronically sour or just happy, discontent. Find out a little bit about them and then surprise them with some little thing. It doesn't, shouldn't be big, right? It should be little. And then at some point you may want to, you know, actually, gee, we know what you like to go for lunch and talk to them. And, and again, I find in this health issue to ask them for help instead of try to offer them help works way better. You know, I think in other situations maybe the other way around is good too, but when it comes to health stuff, right, feeling well, and mental health 
to ask someone else to, for help opens the door much better than offering help. Okay, so say you've like thought of these different things and uh, you've, you've found somebody, right? Hopefully somebody you know, not some stranger, but somebody you know who's just that doesn't seem able to really enjoy themselves and uh, and they sort of become your target. Maitri karunam muditam upeksham Maitri karunam muditam upeksham